Hello, Dan. Hey okay, we're ready to start. Oh, you guys. We're ready to start the next show. So here we go. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. We are your hosts, and we've got some special guests here in the broadcast foxhole. We have Rich Spilkey and Bob Brown. And calling way from uh, Mayberry, through uh, we're we're routing through the phone exchange in Mount Pilot. We're talking to Dan Dolan. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing super. How are things out there in the country? Well, there's been a lot of change since I last spoke to you. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. Back 40 stored. Oh, good. Get Very that corn planted. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, other than that, everything's going well. A lot of ASL. Excellent. How do you find uh, ASL players there? Do you play face-to-face or do you play by Vassal or what? Do you play with the Bears? I've been, um, I've been playing by Vassal. Colin Maduro set me up with uh, Vassal. And um, I've been playing on that. I've been playing Jackson Kwan. we got the Voodoo Town Bogo campaign game going. Oh, yeah. He, I've seen him talking about that a little bit on the uh, Slack chat. Yep. I'm playing the Japanese and he's the Americans and... Uh, we're halfway through the second uh, campaign date, which is was the night one. He chose it to be the night one. So, well, so Jack, we isn't Jackson in the Philippines or something? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Wow. wow. So Hong Kong to Connecticut, what's, what's the offset there? Like uh, 11 hours or something? 13 hours. 13 hours. And it's okay. the next day. Wow. So he's like Jackson of the future. Yeah. <laughs> so do you play in the morning, your time? No, we play at night, my time, in the morning, his time. Oh, okay. Wow. We play Saturday night here, Sunday morning there. That works. That's, so yeah. He slips out of bed and tiptoes quietly into his bunker, and away we go. You yeah. know, he's wearing headphones and whispering, and I'm <laughs> imbibing and getting loud. Yeah, good for you. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It works out well. Well, we're glad you could join us today. We're going to be, uh, in today's show, we're going to do a little uh, interview with Bob here because we haven't really talked to him yet, learn about what makes him tick. Because we've been sitting here and we notice he's ticking. Barely. Yeah. He keeps ticking, so we want to know what makes him tick. That's because he felt Rich conspired with Dan against him in that last game we talked about last show. Yeah. Right, he's probably not going to drive me home now. That probably calls a tick. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'd like to play some quiz show and have you in to answer questions. Yeah. So we got hope you, hope you got your propeller head uh, hat on. So with no fr- on rules this quiz. Yeah. Rules. Right. So so Bob, when you were on things coming on last show uh, and and this show, um, you want to tell us a little more about your uh, ASL past? Well, it started uh, many 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 years ago. Uh, I think back in the early seventies. I convinced my wife to allow me to buy squad leader and I think uh, a few months after that I saw advanced squad leader and thought oh that's even better because <laughs> it has the word advanced. I haven't even played it I haven't even played squad leader oh, yeah. yet <laughs> okay so I picked up advanced squad leader so that would have been 85 I was 87-ish oh, no. yeah the advanced Seems like rules. it was before that even no I thought. no advanced came out in 80 I was in college or just out I, I don't know, because I was in college then, and I wasn't playing the game at the time. I played squad leader, not advanced squad leader, and then I was out of the game for about four years. A quiz show. Dan Dolan, what year did advanced squad leader come out? It was in the 1900s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, mid-80s. We'll just say mid-80s, generally. Yeah, I, I was in was diapers. I, I know I was in diapers at the time. Uh, so that was college. Uh, I wore diapers in college. Kind of made me stand out. Makes it easier, too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on the site that shall not be named and check it out. All right. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Do not yeah, unless it's Founding part. Fire. You can mention that or Ritter Creek. No, oh, yes. It. Founding Fire and Ritter Creek. Two fine organizations. Finest in the business. Yeah. <laughs> One produces quality products and the other sells them. Yep. <laughs> 
You should start your own podcast, Dan. You're pretty good at this. You're good. Well, I'm telling you, if you guys ever need a fill-in, I'm available. You know, as you know, I'm retired and I have no life. <laughs> so, Bob, what other kind of gaming did you do other than ASL? That was about it, because oh. uh, I had a daughter in uh, in college the year I graduated, and then another one a couple of years after that. So that takes gaming time away. There's not much gaming time at all. And I was more of a sports, you know, into sports, so I played a lot of uh, softball, mostly. And uh, anything else I could get my hands on. Running, a lot of running. So it wasn't until, uh, I can't even remember what year it was, I started going to Windy City Wargamers and started playing yeah, ASL Chicago. with them. Yeah. And, uh, but that got to be a long, long effort because it was an hour drive to play those play with those where they were playing i can't remember where it was some bookstore and uh so that only lasted maybe a year or two and then it was off and on more off than on until you know just recently where uh eric started uh, his southwest outpost yeah, eric ortega ortega yeah. ortega yeah you've had him on the show mm-hmm. yeah yeah and need to uh, have him again you know then i could actually get to a place to play the game in a short period of time. And that's really about all my plan, other than, you know, tournaments here and there. I've been to Aslock a couple of times, and I try to get the Open all the time. I hit the Open several times, missing it this year, but that's because of work. And uh, so that's that's about my plan. I play other games, but, you know, very off. Mm. Not much at all. Okay, so really, you maybe have only played uh, several hundred games of ASL. Probably. Lower hundreds. Unlike me, who's played 2,211. Are you at 2,000? I forgot where I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> you keep a record of it? I, I do. I actually keep yeah, a yeah. record of all my games. Yes. I've been... And the opponents. You do? The yes. date, the yes. scenario, yes. and whether I won or lost. Yes. A man after your own heart. And then yeah. I write in whether it was the attacker or defender who won or lost, because for my early days, I used to think... Maybe the defender always wins, or maybe the so and so. So that's what I added to mine. Well, what do your Just statistics tell you? Line. Do they show anything? No, no. After all, they, they show points. only win fifteen percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, mine's a little better, but that's because I haven't been playing Rich or you know Dan Dolan regularly. Rich is a very good player. Yeah, I can't beat. Yeah. I can't. That's beat. one of the reasons I wanted to play him too. You run What's that? I lose to everybody. Is that right? I, I lose to everybody. I can't wait to play you then. Yeah, we should play. I'm the guy you want to play at the tournament. <laughs> okay. Are you coming to the ASL Open, Dan? Chicago? No, no. no I'm not, uh, not able to travel out that far. Next month. I don't get uh, around too good anymore. My legs are shot. We Join have wheelchairs. We have wheelchairs. Only if you have one of those tangent pennants on the top. You know, the, the whip antenna. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll work on it. We'll let you know. Got to get like a fiberglass graphite rod and little antennas. Hey, Dan, are you are you able to come to Cleveland for ASLOC? Is that too far also for you? Yeah, you know, so like I said, um, I don't get around real well anymore. And uh, I got Parkinson's, so walking is problematic. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, well, we're sorry it's to hear that. Tough, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not your fault. You can do it, but uh, it's um it's just like going going away for like four or five six days in time like that. It's uh it's kind of tough, you know. I, I tend to run out of gas. Yeah, no, it um, can be challenging. I run out of gas at my age. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff and I can yeah, ever yeah. really make it through a weekend of of actually playing. We just record at the open. We're going this year to record on Saturday. Yeah, so. Can I get you guys to uh, to commit on air in front of God and your audience? It's a lot of. Can you promise me that you will each play just one single scenario, not against one another, but against someone else, each one apiece? No. no. <laughs> okay, got, I got your commitment. At least I know where you stand. Not even one scenario against someone. No. no. Oh, come on, guys. No, we just like to do the show, go out to eat lunch with you, Rich, and drink. <laughs> All right. Well, to each his well, own. Good place to drink. Chicago or that block? Uh, Chicago Both we're talking about. Both at the open. Yeah. 
ASL open. Because they're local here. They're just, you know, a few miles away. Yeah, unless I show up Friday night, then I might be an extra. And if you need someone. Just squeezing a game with someone. But anyway, then, so, Bob, uh, so, yeah, not a lot of other, no video game. You're... Oh, I do have an Xbox 360 and an Xbox One. Oh. Uh, but I got that to play with my grandchildren. Oh, you know, okay. Grandsons, you know. Uh, they've since grown and gotten away with from their Xboxes. Well, the one has uh, three children, so <laughs> he doesn't have much time to play him much of anything. <laughs> yeah. And the other one just turned 18. Wow. Yeah. These are his grandchildren he's talking about, people. Wow. Yeah. That shows you how old I am. Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for another episode of Quiz Show. Well, that music means that it's time. It's time for Quiz Show. Everybody ready? Ready for some Quiz Show, Dan? Okay. Better refresh everyone's memory on the rules. Oh, there's rules? Oh, there's no uh, rules. You have to ding in. Yeah. You can hit the dinger. Well, or Dan can go ding. Dan, Dan have to say ding. Oh. Ding. It barely okay. works. Very good. Okay. So, everyone's ready. Question one. How does the plus one die roll modifier for each level above apply to a unit in a building when hit by a Fire for effect, critical hit. I don't even understand the question. I know it's complicated. Ding. Jeff, Jeff uh, has Dan, that. Dan, Jeff, Dan. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I just wanted to say I don't know. It's doubled. <laughs> I have an answer. Uh, uh, the modifier would be doubled for each level below. Oh. Uh, I would say that the, you know, a normal hit, without not a critical hit. If you were on, let's say, level zero of a level two stone building, say, you'd have the normal plus three plus the other plus two levels above, which would be plus five. But with a critical hit, I don't think you count those other levels, so you would just get minus three on the critical hit, not minus five. Survey says... I think you get the minus five. The survey says these extra dino modifiers do not apply to an FFE critical hit resolution. Thank you. Ooh, and I know about good. this because we played against the Forgs, and they got lots of critical hits against us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to give them any more minuses than they already were getting. <laughs> I'd like to file a formal protest. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do you a lot of yep. good. Yep, send that to the grievance committee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Perry I don't will... want to protest you, but I'm, I'm protesting. Perry will call you right, shortly. <laughs> Next... Yeah, Perry. Yeah. Next question. May a gun... That, as per a pertinent vehicle ordinance note, is allowed to make greater than or equal to two to kill die roll per hit, also able to achieve multiple hits. So you have a gun, and it has a note that says it can make greater than or equal to two to kill die rolls per hit. Can it also do multiple hits? So you're asking if you get, like, doubles, which would normally entire you to... uh multiple hits, but it's already entitled to say two to kill die rolls, you're asking if it gets like four in that case. Is that what you're asking? I don't know what they're asking. I'm just reading this out of the annual. <laughs> I'm reading this out of the annual. Only That's Perry like. knows. I will, I will, uh, I'm not sure, but I would say no, you can't double the double. I would agree with them. So you say it's got multiple to kill die rolls. That's what it's saying per vehicle note. So then can it also get multiple hits? Which would be what the critical doubles. Well, if you get like double twos, you know, say that's when you get multiple hits. With if the millimeters are less than or equal to whatever, I can't remember a smaller 40. weapon. 
40. 40. Yeah, okay. 40. 40, okay. So t- if you had double twos, you would normally get multiple hits. But if you're already entitled to two to kill die rolls, I would say that you can't. I would say the answer to the question is no. You don't get both. The answer is no. Okay, thank you. Oh, right, good. How about you got that cheering uh, thing in the Rich background? Just pull one yeah, way ahead. Pull it out. Yeah. You must have some kind of a cheering sound or something that shows the audience. <laughs> at least yeah. Maybe we can do the thing. <laughs> at least at least polite applause oh, like at a golf yeah. tournament. You know. Yay! <laughs> Come on, I worked hard for this. Come on. Thank you. Hey. Next question. <laughs> Thank you. No one's, no one's answered yet. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. May a vehicular-mounted machine gun, ATR, or light mortar use intensive fire? No. I don't think so. I have a rules table on Jeff? this, and uh, I don't remember what the rules table says. I'm going to say yes. And Jeff is correct. Of course. Oh, I, oh I he looked up the rule. Oh, I don't get the oh. point. Oh. Yeah. Give me partial credit. Oh. <laughs> yes, if it's a main armament, oh. such a weapon is considered a gun. Oh, so Jeff, you didn't specify your hmm. answer. What is? Do I have to put a main it in armament? Of question. Okay. All right. These are tough questions. Going to even use your ones? Oh, he's not going to ask you how many movement factors a multi-man counter has, if that's what you're looking for. That would be easier to answer. <laughs> Next question. How many movement factors <laughs> does a CX squad with a leader have? Well, it depends. Is it on the road? <laughs> Eight. Eight is correct. And if it's carrying a over its portage points by one, what effect does that have? Oh, you get all sorts of stuff happening then. That's correct. Last guy in the column trip. Okay, I have one for you, Dave. That's not fair. You can ask Dan. Dan Rich has one for you. <laughs> okay, uh, this this uh, Dan might actually know the answer to this because it, it pertains a lot in, in the Japanese, and which he said he you know spends time doing. Ooh. It's a little esoteric. So let, let's say you have a tank hunter hero, which has eight movement factors. And let us say he uh, gets created at the very beginning of the movement phase. So his the multi-man counter that he's being creative out of hasn't spent any movement factors at all. So he gets his full eight, his full complement of eight in this example. He's shooting out at the start of the movement phase. Yes, because there are mm-hmm. rules about if the unit was already moving that he's created out of, that, and if yes. that unit was doing a bonsai charge or if it wasn't. So I'm not complicating it with any of that. The multi-band counter hasn't moved at all. It's expended zero movement factors, and you're creating the tank hunter hero at the very beginning of its movement phase. Okay, So it has its full complement of eight. That's not what the question is. Now, so the thing, it starts moving along. And the question is, let's say it expends four movement (coughs) factors, and it's now adjacent to the AFV that it plans to attack. And let's say that AFV is an open open ground, just to make it simple. So it will only cost it one movement factor to go into the AFV's hex uh, at this point. So he's expended four. He's got four left movement factors, but now the AFV fires point blank at this tank hunter hero, causes some kind of a morale check result, and let's say the tank hunter hero fails and is wounded. Not fatally, but just wounded. So now he flips over to his wounded side. What happens to that tank hunter hero at this point? He's done moving. I think he's done moving. He's done moving. Okay, but what else? He sits cross-legged? He goes away. Uh, what happens in the advance phase? Is, is, he, is he allowed to advance? Is he allowed to advance in the advance phase into that AFE's hex in the advance phase? No. Dan says yes. Well, Dan says no. Dan says no. Dan says no. And why is that, Dan? No. Why is your answer no? no? Why? Why no? Because he's eliminated the movement phase. Well, that's your your no is correct, but your reason is not not correct. The answer is, and I just looked this up recently, 
if you expend greater than three movement factors and become wounded, and this is true for tank hunter heroes or, or any, any normal hero, uh, you are not only wounded, but you are considered pinned. And even though those units are normally exempt to pinning, in this special exception, you are considered pinned, preventing you from advancing in the advance mm -hmm. phase. If he would have only expended three movement factors when he got to that adjacent hex in the example that I gave and became wounded, he would be able to advance in the advance phase and try to take out that AFV in the close combat phase. Because he's not pinned then. He would not be pinned in that no. case. There you go. Dan is on the board. <laughs> and the only player not on the board is Jeff. So here's a question. We have a board? We do. Okay. What is Jeff's middle name? Who cares? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. What is, what, is he going to tell us his middle name, or is it a secret? It's a secret. Sounds like it. And he's back. Are you back, Dan? I know the answer to that last one. Oh, yeah. and you oh. got cut off. So you're. it's another point for you, Dan. No wonder he got cut off. What's his, what's his middle name, Dan? I don't know. What's that? What is Jeff's middle name? Herbert. Bink. That's correct. I think his middle name is Bink. B-I-N-K. Jeff Bink Hallett. Jeff yeah. Bink Hallett. Next question. Can the crest level of a depression hex be bore sighted by a gun which does not have a line of sight into the depression? Capital letters into. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. No. And Rich, tiebreaker? I would vote for no as well. The answer is yes. Wow. Jeez. Jeff, way to go. <laughs> How did you know that? Jeff is on the floor. How did you know that, Jeff? <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> How did you know that? It just makes sense. Logically, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, since when do squad leader rules make logical sense? Well, I was talking with Perry the other day. We were having lunch. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> and I was telling him about it. Because you and Perry chat yeah. re regularly, right? Uh, yes, regularly. <laughs> That just makes sense to me. Okay. Actually. Well, good for you. You got me on that one. It can see the crest. I don't see how it can see. How can you bore side a hex you can't see into? Why don't you file that one in your protest <laughs> file there, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm protesting that one, too. <laughs> I think I'm going to look it up. Right at the top of this. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> and follow up. Right at the top. I'm laying out. And I don't know. Maybe it's just the crest you can see, but... Follow-up question, and if a gun has a line of sight into a depression and it bore sights the hex, does its bore sight diro modifier apply simultaneously to both the crest and the non-crest levels of that hex? No. I would think yes. I'm trying to figure out what simultaneously I'm say, means. I will say... <laughs> Yes, because that's you're making the whole thing one, so it's normally to be two separate locations, right? The crest and the the, and the depression. Lower part of the depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I'm going to say that the uh, modifier applies to the whole thing. You are correct, Dan, with with the right logic. Watch out for Dan. Well, wow, that's scary. Next question. Can a tank be both stopped and in motion at the same time? I have a definition somewhere. <laughs> Can it be stopped and in motion at the same time? I don't think I bought it. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it depends on I want to say yes. I mean, there are certain modifiers that apply if you stop, but you were in motion as if you were one or the other, but that's not the question. Right. What about when you start up a tank? Is it in motion at that point in time? Um, no. no, but it is non-stopped at that point, but that wasn't the question either. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say you can't be both of those things at the same time. I don't know because I made the question up so it would be easy, and now that you guys are questioning the question, you, you got me questioning up. the question. <laughs> when I thought you count as in motion, yeah, I was thinking of the modifiers. But you're right, that the mod counting the modifiers for having been in motion that turn is different. So okay, I have, a, I have a PTO question for Dan Dolan or for anyone here at the table, uh, if I'm allowed to throw a question in while you're studying the next one. And the question is this. 
in the PTO terrain, you know, chapter G, it talks about how, you know, brush is bamboo and grain is kunai and all that stuff. We know that. The question is, are all marsh hexes, do they become swamp in the PTO? Dan should know uh, that. No, they have to be adjacent to a water gizmo. Uh, the answer is correct. Like the logic is wrong. I think you they have to be next to a jungle to jungle be considered hex. swamp. That is correct. And so if you look at a lot of be next to something. right, and if you're if you look at the, a lot of the PTO boards, a lot of the marsh is adjacent to jungle, which would make it a swamp, but some of it isn't. So you can actually have some marsh that's still marsh, hmm. and, and some, some marsh that's still jungle. And jungle and marsh are, I mean, pardon me, and swamp and, and marsh are different. That is correct. You know, swamp has trees, marsh does not. Well, the TEMs are different, the movement factors are different, um, there's all kinds of stuff like that. One's a hindrance and one's an obstacle. How do you remember this stuff? Um, he studies. I look at it. a water obstacle. I try to think of Maybe devious setups to be a Japanese defender yeah. in different oh. scenarios, and I try to think of little, little tricks of the trade. Next question. If an armored fighting vehicle that currently has an acquired target... No, that's a, it's a legitimate question. If an armor-fighting vehicle that currently has an acquired target is attacked in close combat by some other unit, can the acquisition be retained? Uh, huh? Your vehicle has acquired a target, and someone else close combats you. Oh. Can you keep your ac, ac on the other target? I'm going to say yes. I want to say, I'll say uh, you can if you don't attack. I'm going to say there's no way. Yeah, I'm going to say no, also. The no's have it. Oh, bummer. Jeff. Uh, I, I, thought like he, I, tried, I tried to split myself off from the pack. <laughs> well, don't follow me next time. And can an, can an armor-fighting vehicle decline to attack back? Oh, this is a follow-up, which Dan already covered. Can an armor-fighting vehicle decline to attack back in the close combat just to preserve that acquisition, which is exactly what Dan suggested might be possible. That answer, of course, would then be no. That's Perry doing that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's never answered the question the way I did. <laughs> if an infantry unit in the advance phase moves out of the covered arc of a gun that has acquired it, but is still in the gun's line of sight, is the acquisition lost? Or can the covered arc be changed to retain it? I'd say the acquisition is lost. I would say you keep the acquisition, but you don't have to change the covered arc. In fact, you're not allowed to change the covered arc, but you still keep the acquisition. Hey, Dave, this was a great idea to get out of the house for a change and come to this cool nightclub. This is really amazing, Jeffrey, except I am blinded by the disco ball. Well, as soon as your eyes get back and adjust to the light, look at those girls over there. Oh, I can see them now. Look at them, Jeffrey. Maybe they would go out with us. Do you think they would? They would never go out with us. What do we have to offer them? Maybe we could offer them some Bounding Fire Productions products. Oh, why, of course, Bounding Fire produces only the best thoroughly play-tested, action-packed scenarios mm -hmm. and campaigns. Mm -hmm. They're committed to customer service. That's right. How could anybody possibly resist something from Bounding Fire Productions? They could not. We could give them our lines, you know, our pickup lines, like, um, Hey, girls, you want to go into the rubble? Oh, that's a good one, Dave. Or how about if I said, Hey, ladies, let's go to the high ground. Oh, that would work every time. We can put the Operation Cobra into work here now to help us achieve our objective Schmidt with these oh, lovely ladies. <laughs> that's so good. That's really good, Dave. Good thinking. Maybe they would want to see our crucible of steel. Oh, especially mine. I think so. And by the end of the night, Poland would be in flames. Oh, it's going to be a hot one tonight, Jeffrey. Let's go over there and talk so to excited. them. I'm so excited. Uh, come on, go ahead. Me. You, you, okay, go ahead. Hey, ladies. Uh, do you want to go maybe not just to the beach, but beyond the beachhead? Ow! Okay, Dave, next question. Next question. In the European Theater of Operations, can you have riders go through an orchard? No. Correct. 
And in the PTO, can they go through palm trees? Yes. Correct, Dan Dolan. Wow, Two man, more Dan points Dolan. for you. Good job. When attacking a partially armored AFV with a DC demolition charge, for those of you not in the know, is it necessary to make a DC position die roll? Yes. I think so, yeah. That is correct. Dan knows his PTO. Okay, Dan, I got another PTO question for oh, you. I have a quick follow up. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Position I'll go for you. die rolls. Okay, go ahead. When practicing the Kuma Sutra comma. <laughs> what am I thinking of, gentlemen? Oh, nice. Look at them. They're all pretending they don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Kama Sutra. Do you need a position? make a position die roll to assume the lotus position? You mean 69-sided dice? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> all right, this is a family show, family show. All right, go, go back to Rich. Yeah. Rich. So this is kind of for you, Dan, but anyone can answer. It's a PTO question. Uh, if you place a demolition charge, say the American places a demolition charge, on a bamboo location that, let's say, he expects a Japanese hip guy to be there, uh, you know, and he's trying to fish him out, what is the die roll modifier on the effects? You know, like what's the TEM that you apply to a DC versus bamboo? Oh, that I do not know. Dan? It's I think I'll try it. like uh, you get all shattered up. I think it's uh, like an aerial burst, but I don't it's... know whether you can place it. Can you place it? Yes, you can place it. You can place it. So I'm going to say it's like an air burst. Yes, it's, mi- one. it's minus one. Yeah. Correct. It's not plus one like it normally would no. be. It's minus Neg- one Yeah. Mm. versus DC. Yeah. But that's another interesting question on the placement. I, I know you can, but as I think about it, you know, because it takes all your movement factors to go into a bamboo, mm. I think there's a special rule of exactly how you place it on a bamboo that I'd have to look yeah, up. I can't remember. You wouldn't have to be CX, would you? You might have to be CX. I don't know. There's, there's a special rule because you can't expend all your movement factors. Yeah. There is a rule that I'd have to look up to see how to do that exactly. Mm. But I'm talking about the TEM. It's that like was the, trying my to place, question. A, place a, a demo charge as you go up a cliff. It requires, like, you know, or like a, a minimum move kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Next question. What type of ATR may use the infantry target type to attack infantry using AP high explosives equivalency? Can 20L? That's correct. Uh, the 20L. You mean a normal ATR that's not a 20L can't use its one firepower? Uh, HE equivalency? No. Really? It says only if it's a 20 millimeter ATR. Oh. But doesn't a normal ATR have one firepower on it right on the counter? Well, that was to attack it using the AP HE equivalency. Oh, okay. But it's the same difference. It's one firepower either way. Oh, could it thus achieve a critical hit? Oh, okay. Sorry, I messed that up. Okay. Yeah. you got to read the entire question. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. Please do not leave out words. <laughs> right, well, that would make a difference then. That yeah. was my trick question. Rich gets dope. Hey, 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 hey. You want to try reading these questions? Huh? You want to no. try reading these questions? No, I don't. All right. <clears throat> so word Rich wants, just wants double, to boo you. Double questions for that Okay, one. double points. <laughs> now... If a mortar has a spotter, can it fire at units that are in its manning unit's line of sight, but not in its spotter's line of sight? That's a good yes. question. Dan, what was the answer? I'll say no. Yes. Dan is correct. Oh. More points for Dan. Ooh, everyone loves to have prisoners in ASL, don't we? around. <laughs> <laughs> That's well said, Bob. They're important. <laughs> Does guarding prisoners affect the unit's ability to act as a mortar spotter or use a radio field phone? Ooh. I think yes, if the number of prisoners' unit size is uh, greater than the unit size of the guard. That is, I believe, correct, because the answer... That sounds good. Because the answer says a guard... Cannot perform these functions if its unit size number is less than the total of its prisoners. Right. May a unit attempt but to... But wait, wait, wait. You're missing a very important point there, Yes, Dave. please go on. This is a great tactic or strategy. A lot of times, guys that do want to capture prisoners because they don't want to invoke no quarter, they will sometimes pile, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, let's say a couple of squads with a half squad 
you know, in the back to, you know, be the guard so they don't have to waste that many units being guards and they can have the rest of the units attack. That makes sense. However, if, if, if your opponent ever has prisoners where the unit size that they're guarding is greater than and maybe even greater than or equal to, I'd have to look, but certainly if it's greater than the unit size. So let's say you say you've got a half squad guarding a squad. Simple example. Half squad is guarding a squad. Prisoner. You can run right up to that half squad if you've got a unit to do it. He cannot shoot at you. He can't oh, shoot at you. He, you could be moving an open ground right adjacent mm-hmm. to him. He cannot shoot at you because his guard, you know, he's guarding the, the unit than. that's greater than him. Then you can you can shoot at him, or you can just advance into close combat, and then he'll have to attack you at half firepower because he's guarding a prisoner. And if you kill him in close combat, your prisoner gets rearmed. At least half a half squad's worth of it would get rearmed. As a, as a green or a conscript guy, but that's still better. So you saved your prisoner, mm-hmm. half of him is rearmed, and you eliminated the other guy's half squad, and he couldn't shoot at you. Excellent that, tactic. That, wow. That's a trick. Watch out for that one. These are things that will happen once in the next 99 years. What, Dan? These are things that will happen once in the next 99 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, you, if that happens to you, you never forget that, and you never do that again. Exactly. We'll go to some easier questions. That's why the rule book is so big. It's full of this stuff. How many people does a squad represent approximately? 10 to 15. Correct, Dan? Hmm. How many does a half squad represent? One. The Jeff or Dave. (laughs) Excellent. Double points. Double points. Double points. Okay, this will happen more often. May a unit change its Guns covered arc as it unhooks the gun. Yes, I, I would say yes as well. Yeah, I, yeah, so. I would say yes. unanimously yes. No, I'll say no. Just no, oh, no, minus points for you, okay. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> May a unit. No, what is the? No, this one requires a rule. Uh, ten point C ten point three. Let's try it. Okay, what is the C10.3 plus modifier, dial modifier, for manhandling a boat into marsh or a fordable water obstacle? No clue. Anyone want to try it? I do not know. Plus two. Close, plus one. Close. Half point. Half <laughs> I think point. I said plus three, it would have been close. For Dan. <laughs> would you call the dogs? Oh. Oh, look. Release the hound. It's an elephant. Release <laughs> the show has gone to the elephants. If, here's, a, here's a hard one. In determining the manhandling dyro modifier based on terrain effect modifiers, okay, if a gun is then pushed across a wall by a road that goes through a break in the wall, is there still a plus two wall terrain effect modifier manhandling dyro modifier? Oh, that's a no. tough one. That's a tough one. I would say no, but Dan says yeah, no. Bob say says no. no. Jeff I, says I, I'm no. I'm going to be say yes to be different like Jeff. And it, the answer is no. It never pays to be Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and then if a gun is pushed into a non-pontoon bridge hex via a road hex side. Is there still a plus one dyro modifier based on the bridges terrain effect modifier? No, that'd be no for sure. That that sounds like a no to me. What you do? You pushed it into the river? No, I think it's on the bridge, isn't it? (laughs) Non pontoon bridge hex via a road hex side. So it's a different kind of bridge. Oh, okay. No, it's just a regular regular bridge? Yep. It's just like a road. Yep. Answer is no. May a gun that is set up manned by a squad or half squad or single man counter be emplaced? You should know that one. Yes. It may be emplaced, but is there a follow-up question about the gun shield? There is a. It is a. It is. Um, no. That no. Uh, no, they're saying no. No, it can't be emplaced. They're saying a gun that is set up manned by a squad, half squad, manned by a crew. Set up in well, because I knew that 
like if a squad, let's say your crew breaks and routes away or something, if your squad, let's say a squad comes along to take over the gun, at least do something with it, it can't benefit from the gun shield, I think the rules say. A squad can't. Half-squad can. Okay, but but it can't yes. use the emplacement benefit? But it, yeah, it loses the, I think it loses the emplacement benefit huh. unless it's a crew. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, this this is saying no, no. This is saying may a gun that is set up manned by a squad be emplaced. Oh, it's set up so that I way. I think they mean at the start of the game. You want? They're saying no. Yeah. No, so I, I think yeah. that's what Bob is. I was I was I just got done doing a whole bunch of uh, gun uh, rules and stuff, and I think if it's manned by an other than a crew, crew. it loses the emplacement. Yeah, I think that's correct. That doesn't. The crew gains the Yeah, but at this point, set, set up. up. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but 99.9 times out of 100, you're going to have a crew set up right. and mm-hmm. placed with the gun. And here's the follow-up question you're looking for, Rich, I think. May a squad manning an already emplaced gun claim the emplacement training effect modifier? And Bob right, said, right, right. I said no. no right, that's what I was thinking. That about, is yeah. correct. But may the half squad? I think yes. Yes, Bob said yes, and he's correct. Right. There's just too many guys. I remember because there's too many guys to fit behind the gunship. Yeah, it makes some sense. Squad. You're, talking about the right. tur- you're talking about emplacement or you're talking about the gunship? Oh, I'm sorry. It is saying emplacement, and they're saying the same rule applies. Yeah. So the half-squads can use the emplacement. They're saying yes. Uh, yes, otherwise. So and yeah, again, no this is a little self-serving, but again, you guys know I have a mm-hmm. rules table on how you use the gun shields and the emplacement simultaneously. You know, I uh, have a chart on how you actually apply those rules because those are a little bit tricky. Most people just, mm-hmm. like, let's say you shoot HE at a gun that ha- that's emplaced and also has a gun shield, which yeah. is which is a very common situation. And if you hit, you you, you do the plus two emplacement on the two hit roll, and let's say you hit, and now let's say it's an eight firepower shot that hit it with that you hit it with. So now it is an eight flat shot, except. And this is where the gun shield comes in. You actually sort of get a second crack. So you had plus two for emplacement on the two hit. You're past that now. The hit was achieved. If you roll a KIA, like snake eyes or three, or a K slash, the gun shield does not apply. That's considered a direct hit, Mm -hmm. and the gun is either killed or the crew is killed. But if you get, like, say, four four or higher on an eight firepower shot, and I think a four is a two check, you add two, then the gun shield comes into play. So if you, so it's basically impossible to end up with the final die roll of four, because if you roll a two or three, it's either a KIA or a K slash on the eight chart anyway. If you roll a four, that becomes a six. If you roll a five, that becomes a seven. So the gun shield only comes into play if you roll high enough not to be a direct hit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people forget about that. They just assume it's an eight flat. And if you roll like say a seven, that's not a one check. You got to add two to that. It's a pin check. If they have both a gun shield and a placement. For along here at home, Rich's charts are available on the Texas ASL website. That's correct. That's right. And you can also get them here on the two half squats website. Oh, okay. Oh, good. They're They're everywhere you want to be. Yeah, they're both. They both have them posted. I both. I think they both have the latest and greatest. And I, I occasionally add new tables, but when I do, I send them out. How about this one then, gentlemen? If the prep fire of a fire group attacking a gun includes both a Molotov and small arms fire, do you get the gun shield modifier against the attack? Uh, I think the Molotov... Not against the Molotov. Yeah, I don't think you can use... Yeah, I don't know. Bob is correct. Pardon, Ann? With the Molotov, you consider like a flamethrower in that thing? It's like yes. yes, you both yes. are correct. Yes. And it points out you could decline the small arms firepower attack to not then count the plus two. Because if you you're go. shooting the, the gun, rifles and the Molotov, you have to then count it. But I think you have to fire your inherent firepower to use a Molotov. Oh, it says you could opt to decline. <laughs> Bless you, uh, I think it's required. Yeah, we'll have to check with Perry. We're filing another um, complaint on that one. Can a player use his anti-tank magnetic mine availability die roll before declaring the order of his close combat attacks versus a vehicle? Uh, 
Wow, what a great question. Can he make his ATMM availability die roll before declaring the order of his attacks versus a vehicle? At the Southwest Outpost, you can do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing when you're playing Jeff. Right? Yeah, we need you there to. Yeah. My house rule is there are no rules. So, yeah, you can do what you want. But, of course, think about what the they would say with the ASL rulebook. Yeah. Read the question again, would you, Dave? Because you read it so well the first time. Are you just going to do a inappropriate sound effect like that one? <laughs> Lowering the level of this show from 8th grade down to 6th yeah. grade? 6th grade. That's about 3rd or 4th, I think. Me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm editing all of that out. <laughs> Can a player make his ATMM availability die roll before declaring the order of his close combat attacks versus a vehicle? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no then. <laughs> yeah, I. No is correct. And. I think that's going to wrap one more question here, kids. Mm-hmm. Ready for this one. May a motion attempt die roll be made at the end of the opponent's movement phase using the movement factor or movement point expenditure of any qualifying enemy unit as opposed to the... I don't know, opposed to what? May a motion attempt die roll be made at the end of an opponent of the opponent's movement phase using the movement factor expenditure of any qualifying enemy unit. I'm gonna say no. I know you you can make the movement the, the die roll. I know you can do it at the end of the enemy's movement phase, but I'm not sure that you have to, you know, use the requirements of any unit that actually moved. That that I'm not sure about. And this one, they simply say yes. Really? Yeah, so you, maybe you they can have... make a motion. really. You can make a motion attempt at the end of the movement. But wait a second. Of... So let's say I have an AIV that's not moving; it's stopped, it's standing there, and you move your whole, you know, order of battle. Right. Some of which I can see, some of which I can't. Now your movement phase ends, and you're the last. Let's say the last thing you moved was something that I could not see. It had nothing to do. It was nowhere near. My AFV in question. Well, this says qualifying enemy unit. Right. So I can go back in time now and say, okay, this other AFV that you moved over here three three moves ago spent five movement factors in my line of sight or five movement points in my line of sight. So I'm going to go back now in time and roll a five or less to yes. put, put my guy in motion. Effectively, you can do that. Really? Bob yeah, is right. Read, I don't like that. that. <laughs> I don't read that uh, read the motion attempt rule. It's okay. Yeah, I came across that sometime this week. I'm not feeling it nope. because the game's usually very specific to other units have moved since. So that would right. I would have forgotten. I would have forgotten. I would yeah right. It would have affected my. I might have moved my other guys differently had you taken up the option to move to go in motion. Go in motion. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Rich, but that wraps up interesting quiz show. Another great quiz show. Wait a second. I haven't asked yeah. my question oh, of you yes. yet. Oh, yeah. It doesn't wrap it up. Give me a chance. That wraps up Dave's portion. Dave's portion. Yeah. So this is for Dave. Again, it's a PTO thing, so Dan might know since he's a PTO expert. If you have, uh, I have two questions. They're both having to do with HIP and, and, the, and uh, PTO train. Question one. If you have a pillbox hip in jungle with a elite Japanese squad in it, hip, also, in jungle. Hip, pillbox, hip, elite, Japanese squad, in the pillbox. Yeah. So both hip. So the, the hex appears to be empty to the American, say, on the American side. And the American moves, not advances, into this jungle hex in the movement phase. What happens? Does the Japanese have to reveal it? Can he optionally reveal it? Can he choose not to reveal it? Uh, I think he has an option. Option. I'm not, just guessing. I'm going to say he has the option not to, just like it's any other um, Japanese guy not in a pillbox. Uh, that's close. My understanding Dan, is that if it, Dan oh first? Dan, Dan, do you have an answer to that? Or did we lose Dan? I don't think so. You there, Dan? Maybe he fell asleep. I didn't mean to bore him to death. <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm here. Oh. Okay. Do you have an answer to my question? 
Yeah, I'm saying that um, the pillbox, I believe, when he enters the hex, the pillbox has to be revealed. That is correct. Ah. But now, let me take the pillbox away. <clears throat> Let's pretend that that Japanese elite squad was in a trench. They both were hit. The trench was hit. The squad was hit. Now my American unit moves, not advances, moves into the jungle hex. Now, what can the Japanese player do or not do? I'm going to stick to my hidden part. Right, now they can stay hidden. Right, up. It's just the pillbox that has to reveal itself, but the trench does not and the unit does not. Maybe the trench? Trench no? can stay hip. If, wow. if, it's, if it's manned by an elite Japanese oh, hip unit, it's elite. Okay. if the trench was by itself, empty, it would become revealed. What if it's with well, the first line? It has a conscript or a first line in it. Yeah, what about that? Um, well, the first line, that's also considered stealthy, okay, so right, that's okay. Right, right, but okay. if it's second line, that's not stealthy. Mm. And if it's first line, I think that's la- or, uh, conscript is lack. So, wow. So the conscript Japanese guy... Does so it the, specify elite or stealthy? I think a leader is stealthy because they're elite. Yes. Well, elite means stealthy in the Japanese order of battle. And first line is also stealthy. Right. Okay, so now a similar question, but different. If you have a hip tank hunter hero in, let's say, Kunai, Kunai, that's a good example, and an American unit moves, not advances, moves into that Kunai hex, what happens to that tank hunter hero? Is he eliminated? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing. They, he stays hidden. Right, but if the American advances into the kunai where the hip tank hunter hero is, now, Dan? The advance phase? The advances? Yeah. yeah, the American advances in. Um, I want to say he's in the close combat with them. Yeah, so he's going to be eliminated. I think he is eliminated. I think he's only allowed yeah. to attack AFVs in the new rules. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, oh, the just, new rules. Okay. Yeah, the new rules. So you can he, move through his hex, but you can't end in it with him. He's yes, eliminated. he moves through, and he yep. doesn't have to reveal himself, so you don't know you move through it. Yeah, because we were doing those St. Louis scenarios yeah. in the from what the Pacific. What if he's got a demo charge? Can he detonate it? He can't have a demo charge. You can't hit a tank on a hero with a demo charge. It's impossible. Oh, okay. You can create a demolition charge hero with a demo charge, but you can't have a hit yeah, tank on a hero with a demo charge. Unless right. you're at the Southwest Outpost. Demolition charge zero. <laughs> well, they need experienced players like we all do. So anyway, thanks for joining us for Quiz Show, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll sign you off, Dan. pleasure. Take care. I'm out. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not here. Yeah. You know the drill. This is Warren Valley Telephone's problem. There's probably a bird sitting on the wire. At the tone, please record your message. When you finish recording.